I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With a lot of the country still suffering from the effects of drought, Dairy Advisor Colm Dorn gives tips and strategies on how to best recover. We started off with a wet winter. Um, February grazing when spring calving herd started was quite challenging. But from the first week of March, things dried up very well and towards end of March late April there was great grazing conditions and even in April um, where I'm based in Gorey and and covering North Wexford even in April we were looking for rain which thankfully we got now heading into May um, growth was still was starting to slow down Um, around the 20th of May we got 12 millimeters or close to half an inch of rain which which bought us a week but it's kind of the last few weeks yeah growth has been gradually slowing down and while most farms bar the very dry ones have stayed green um there was there was a good slowdown so what rain has come um say we got rain between the 10th and 12th of june um probably close to an inch it, it kind of lifted us out of a drought at that stage and and what's came Thursday, Friday, and this weekend gone is is really helping us along. So um, probably at any one stage in North Wexford, um, our drought, we were, we were probably a week later to head into drought and we're probably coming out of it a week earlier too. Now, talking to colleagues last week in the, in the south of Wexford and towards Carlow, Kilkenny, I know that the rain hasn't been as plentiful, um, so they're still waiting for for that good recovery from drought. And even just looking back Thursday, um, just gone the 18th Oak Park in Carlow, got got five millimetres like so. Some of those areas, and it seems to be very um, very small pockets now, are still looking for for significant rain. Like, um, whereas probably towards the north and the west of the country. They've seen a slowdown in growth, but it hasn't been quite as prolonged or as drastic as this side of the country. And looking then to the effect, I mean, you've um, given us a, a great picture, you know, of the profile of rainfall and, and how that has impacted. But looking today, you know, at, at, at kind of the specific figures, um, if we focus on grassland column, what are we looking at in terms of farm cover? So I, I just looked at pasture-based figures from clients of mine last week and average farm cover was 720 kilograms per hectare. Um, so that's from an average of 24 farmers in this region who've, who've been measuring last week uh, and cover per cow was 212. So situation would look uh, quite okay, but Within that, there, there's quite the variation between, look, there'd be pockets of heavy farms and there'd be very dry farms. So there's quite the variation even, even within region and within farms. Like So average farm cover is ranging from 360 uh, being a, a very dry farm and being an, a farm cover quite low up to about 1,200 on a heavier soil type farm who'd admittedly was holding onto surplus grass to be safe. So looking at average growth, um, Last week, average growth rate was 49 kilograms per hectare. Um, and that's pretty much in line what the Grass 10 team would, would find an average for the country. And it's quite in line with what um, the monitor farmers in the region are, are coming with as well. Um, so average demand as well, farmers had set it to 49 too. Uh, so farmers have been doing 
quite a good job in, in measuring and matching growth to demand and also in holding rotation length. Within that growth figure, even just in the last few days, there's, there's been some farms have, have got great recovery growth rates up to 90 or 100, while there's quite a, quite a good few lagging towards the, the 20s and 30s still like um just just one interesting point i'd i'd point out from growth figures is that the grass 10 team would would have stressed the importance of staying above 500 of an average farm cover um so within clients of mine who measured last week those below a cover of 500 had a growth rate of 35 while those who stayed above averaged out at 52 so that's so by having the cover on your farm there ready to go it really did help to lift the recovery um and and it echoes pasture-based data and and the advice of the grass 10 team so so that's a really interesting um uh grass situation and grass picture you're talking about column and as you say you know the average figure you'd look at across your 24 groups at a farm cover of 720 um you'd say that things look fairly good but as you say within that there's huge variation and the fact that uh, farmers um are evidently matching their growth rate to their demand so they're balancing their supply and demand is a is a very good reflection on the fact that people are getting out, uh, walking the farm, um, assessing the situation in terms of how much grass they have and therefore making decisions around, you know, what they're going to feed out. In terms then of looking at the, I suppose, the grass supply per cow and and further from that um, feeding strategies, what sort of feeding are farmers doing at the moment, Colm? Like say the grass maybe concentrate and then into silage where relevant. Yeah, so, so at the minute looking at those same 24 farmers who'd measured last week, um, the average meal feeding rate was four kilos. Now, there was a range between two and six kilos. And look, most farmers had, had probably started early in May um, upping supplementation uh, to, to increase rotation length. Um, so that that's probably what, what most farmers ha- had done in the first part. Um, probably we didn't see like farmers were able to pull uh, surplus paddocks that would have traditionally been taken out to bales they would have able to be brought them back in early on in the in the in the moisture deficit to to stretch grass for another week so it probably wasn't until 2 weeks ago or that 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 a lot of farmers said look we may feed silage um but but even just looking at those figures um today um, those 24 farmers who've measured, there was one third of them who were feeding silage at this stage, and that was ranging from three to five kilograms of dry matter. Um, around here, feeding of straights or alternative feeds hadn't been widespread really during this drought. Um, maize and beet were being used all right, but maybe by a by a handful of clients. So again, similar to what you're saying in, in terms of the grass situation, there's a variation in the types of supplementation strategies that that farmers are imposing. But I suppose it's fair to say that cows are being well fed. But, you know, with uh, the introduction of silage into diets, are you seeing any impact in milk production performance across these farms, Colm? Um, look, up until now, 
look, April provided great grazing conditions, uh, which saw spring calving herds hit quite a quite a good peak milk yield. Um, meal supplemented heavier in May than what it traditionally would have been. Probably some hold milk yield reasonably well. Um, just just based on monitor farm figures, did held well up until last week. Uh, but even at that, based on the based on pasture based users around Gory, average production was still 1.95 kilograms of milk solids per cow, which is quite good for the time of year. Um, so it doesn't look to have been too affected. Look, we'd have liked to have been producing it slightly cheaper at this time of the year, uh, which will impact a bit on cash flow. And that would cash flow situation would have been covered quite well in last week's podcast, Emma Louise, um, but uh, along with milk price. Um, but looking forward, in 2018, there was there was kind of a second peak of sorts in August, September, when fresh regrowths came after the drought. So with farms grazed down pretty well now and utilizing whatever grass they had available, um, the quality coming back should be should be excellent. So hopefully we get back to fairly routine grassland management and feeding levels before long and yields should be able to sustain itself. But I suppose, look, the situation we've been in gives farmers a bit of an, an added focus towards the second half of the year. And, and like on a final point in, in relation to grassland, some farmers during the drought would have stopped um, any sort of fertiliser application on farms. You know, in that scenario, Colm, what's your recommendation to farmers, you know, getting out, um, you know, with this rain that's coming? What product should they use and at what rate? So, um, Louise, um, if, if fertilizer has been kept up to date through the drought, there's no major rush to, there's no major need to rush out and spread straight away. Um, there'll be a residue of chemical fertilizer still there that's been applied in the last weeks if, if fertilizer applications were being kept up to date. And as well as that, there will be a nice buildup of background nitrogen release from the soil when the drought breaks. So, there's plenty of time left in the season, yes. So there's no need to pile on a load of nitrogen now and find your allowances possibly run out or running tight later on in the season. The guidelines kind of during the drought was that if growth rate was about 50 kilos uh, per hectare, um, spread as normal. If it was between 25 to 50 kilograms, spread at a half rate. Uh, and if under 25 kilograms, don't continue to spread fertilizer. Um, along with general nitrogen application, um, phosphorus, potassium and sulfur are also important nutrients for dry conditions and for drought recovery. So they should all be considered um, just keeping an eye on your phosphorus allowances. Um, also, with, with, with low grass covers in abundance, um, it provides a good opportunity to get lime out on many farms and slurry out with low emission equipment. So especially on derogation farms that have a requirement to spread uh, both lime and, and low emission um, low emission slurry. Um, as regards, some farmers will be going for second or third cuts of silage. And the general recommendation there is for a six ton to the acre crop, um, go for 60 units of nitrogen, 10 units of phosphorus and 60, units of, of potassium with 10 units of sulfur. 
And moving forward, Colin, what are your recommendations for farmers as the rainfall comes? As you say, where the rainfall has fallen at this point, people are moving out of the drought and stepping into recovery mode, while there are some farms still in the situation where the rain hasn't landed yet or, you know, hopefully it's on the the way in the coming days. So I suppose as we move out of the uh, this drought, what are your recommendations? Uh, So Emma Louise, look, there's been a decent amount of rain has fell just a weekend gone, but specific to areas like some areas are are still probably still in a drought deficit um, where 25 or 30 millimetres of rain has been received. Farms will see a response in growth, but may may not have fully recovered the, the moisture deficit. The, the advice would be much the same as as when we were in the drought and when we were and then tra- transitioning from drought management back to back to routine grass and measure, measurement the advice would be t- to walk the farm twice per week because the response in grass growth can come quite rapidly and it can be quite varied farm to farm as as I've just outlined um, so continue to match growth with demand and gradually bring rotation length and supplementation back to where you'd like it to be when when growth rates and average farm cover are at a comfortable level that that allow you to do so. Um, for farms that are coming out of drought, there may well be some paddocks of stemmy grass remaining. So there's a few options uh, as regards getting through some of this untidy stuff. So the first one and the most preferred option would be to continue to graze and utilize these as normal. If they're not beyond 1400 or 1500 of a pre-grazing cover there shouldn't be much problem with with graze outs um you'd like to return to 36 hour grazing allocations if possible but if needs be run 12 hour allocations until these stemmy paddocks are finished your second option with with the untidy packs paddocks or stemmy paddocks would be if you're confident that you now have a surplus on your farm mowing and baling these untidy paddocks would be the second best solution. Uh, three, uh, pre-mowing the paddock before letting cows into graze is an option, but only really as an, a temporary alternative to topping. Um, you need dry conditions for this as well, and and don't be, be mindful of, of not leaving it out on the ground too long before cows are in on it, generally 12 hours or so. And for the last option, and the least desired would be topping after the cows leave the paddocks, but we still don't want to be wasting grass. Um, for farms that haven't received significant rain yet, or farms that are at lower farm covers, it's important to keep the herd fed, as most have been doing quite a good job of doing so far. Uh, stick to your 25-day rotation, and trying to hold farm cover is important. So unfortunately here, supplementation is the main option of trying to achieve these objectives. But look, the season came around in 2018 and it's looking like it will this year now too. Um, I've said before as well, like it's important to to try and be above that 500 kilos of dry matter. But for farms that aren't at that stage, it's not a case of taking the brakes off straight away. So once rain comes and the drought starts to break, it might be a case of, or it will be a case in, in low farm cover situations of having to feed that bit stronger or persist with your feeding rate until farm cover comes to a sufficient level. So 
again, response to when farm cover can come back can be quite varied, but it can come very quick. So walking twice a week and making the decision quite quickly um, will be a should should hopefully guide you in the right direction. For all farms, it would be probably recommended to do a fodder budget at this stage. It, it's early, yes, and it, it's looking a bit more optimistic at this stage, but it's no harm just to assess what, what's in your pits um, and it will, it will determine going forward how much of a second cut do I need or do I need to look at alternative sources from outside the farm gate. I think um, that's a great point to finish on, Colm. And if, if we consider and recap on some of the things you've said, you know, um, you 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 make reference to the 2018 um, drought and the huge recovery um, dairy farmers experienced in late summer and the autumn. And, you know, we actually would have spoken about this in in the um, two weeks ago on the podcast where uh, John Fitzgerald would have said that, you know, it's very early in the year yet and there's huge potential for recovery. Um, you know, holding the farm cover and trying to keep it above that magic number of 500 kilos per hectare. And I, I think finally then the, the fodder budget for, you know, looking at the, the bigger picture on the farm and, and looking towards the end of the year. And if we think about the fodder budget, um, you know, yourself and as you mentioned, a lot of colleagues within Chagas are available to help farmers if they have any questions or queries in relation to um, those aspects of the of the feeding regime. Yeah, I, I'll finish by saying, yeah, pasture base has, has quite a nice uh, fodder budget application within it. And even with all these points I've made, um, I'd still have to stress that there's still quite a variation between regions and even between farm different farms, different soil types within regions. So discussion groups and contact with your advisor can be invaluable aids in this time. So don't hesitate to get in contact. Great. Thank you, Colm. Okay, thanks, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Colm Dorn for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.